Hey, this is Russell Wilson. This is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti. Welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. It's Championship Sunday Week, 49ers at Eagles, Bengals at Chiefs. I'll be in Philly for the NFC title game. We'll break them down in a bit, give the picks too as well. Our guest this week is former NFL quarterback Rich Gannon. He was a two-time AP First Team All-Pro, the 2002 NFL MVP. That year, he led the Oakland Raiders to a Super Bowl appearance. Rich is an AP voter, so we discussed the championship games and the voting process. We announced the finalists for the AP NFL Awards this week. It was the first year of our new voting system. We have a nationwide panel of 50 media members who cover the league, including a few former players like Rich and former coaches. They're the voters. We asked them this season to choose a top five for NFL MVP and a top three for all of the other awards. Here are the finalists. I'll run those down for you right now. For NFL MVP, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson and Patrick Mahomes, they are the five finalists for the AP NFL MVP, and the votes were weighted 10 points if they receive a first place vote, five for second, three points for third, two for fourth, and one for fifth. For Offensive Rookie of the Year, Brock Purdy, San Francisco 49ers quarterback who started only five games in a regular season. That's another thing to remember. The votes are, the ballots are due and the votes are tabulated before the start of the playoffs. So this is all based on the regular season. So Brock Purdy, Kenneth Walker, Seahawks running back, and Garrett Wilson, the New York Jets wide receiver. They are the offensive rookie of the year finalist. And since we asked for three, the voting system was weighted five points for first, three points for second, one point for third. The defensive rookie of the year, Aiden Hutchinson, Sauce Gardner, and Tarek Woolen, they are the three finalists for defensive rookie of the year. Offensive player of the year, three of the same guys who are finalists for the NFL MVP, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, are also finalists for offensive player of the year. And that's a very interesting award. It's A lot of times we see that quarterbacks tend to be the MVP and then maybe the top running back or the top wide receiver gets the offensive player of the year. It'll be interesting to hear what Rich Gannon has to say about that because he was an NFL MVP in 2002. He was not the offensive player of the year that season. So stay tuned. Uh, I love what Rich had to say about it. Defensive player of the year. The three finalists are Chris Jones, Nick Bosa, and Micah Parsons. They're the three finalists for Defensive Player of the Year. Coach of the Year, three finalists, Doug Peterson, Brian Dable, and Kyle Shanahan. They're the three finalists for AP Coach of the Year. We also have an Assistant Coach of the Year award. And those three finalists are Shane Steichen, Ben Johnson, and D'Amico Ryans. And then lastly, the Comeback Player of the Year, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, and Geno Smith. Those are the three finalists for AP Comeback Player of the Year. The awards will be announced. The winners will be announced on February 9th, Thursday night at the NFL Honors Show. 
in Arizona ahead of the Super Bowl. And that night, which is really cool, very interesting. I'm looking at it right now as I'm doing this podcast. We release the breakdown of all the voting. So you'll see who got X amount of first place votes, second place votes, third place votes for all of the the awards. And then in MVP case, who got some fourth, who got some fifth. So we'll release all of the voting, that breakdown, the night after all the awards are announced. Rich Gannon was a four-time Pro Bowl quarterback, a two-time AP All-Pro, an AP NFL MVP. He does an excellent job as an analyst for CBS, among other gigs that he has. He does so many. He's on SiriusXM, works for the 33rd team. Rich is also one of our AP voters. Really enjoyed this conversation. Here's Rich Gannon. Rich, great to have you on the AP Pro Football Podcast. Before we get into some of the NFL awards voting, and you are one of our voters, and really appreciate your hard work in that because it's not easy. Let's talk a little bit about the games coming up this weekend. NFC Championship game, AFC Championship game. I see two evenly matched, obviously, four opponents, very close. Philly, San Francisco, two tough physical teams. They can run the ball, nasty defenses. What do you see? It's going to be close, I feel. Yeah, Rob, look, Las Vegas knows what they're doing. You look at the point spreads in this game. Let's start with the the battle in Philadelphia. I, I'm so excited for this because we have two young quarterbacks that I think, uh, you know, bring a, a totally different perspective. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, what he's done in, in, in these last seven games is simply incredible. I mean, you know, look at the production, the ball security, the decision-making. I've been saying it really for the last seven weeks. He's done a great job staying in his lane. I think he realizes he's got the best defense in football around him. They've got a lot of playmakers on offense. And he doesn't have to go out and throw it 35 times each week. Kyle Shanahan's done a great job. He's averaging about 25 attempts per game. And so uh, that's right That's right in his sweet spot. And, of course, on the other side of it, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, you and I both grew up in the Philadelphia area. And last year, the talk in Philadelphia was maybe the Eagles will be in the quarterback market uh, in, in, you know, after the 2023 or in 2023. And Jalen Hurts is one of the most improved players in football. He was an MVP candidate, uh, really just played outstanding. I think the improvement that he's made, I think just in terms of the decision making, but most importantly, his ability to process. You know, he, he wasn't dropping back, looking to run. Uh, he just really played some terrific football. The addition of A.J. Brown didn't hurt. And I'll tell you, Philadelphia, if you look at their first first half scoring differential, they race off to these early leads, and then you just pin their ears back on defense. It's going to be important for San Francisco to keep it close. But uh, I'm excited about that game. I'm also excited about the matchup uh, in Kansas City. You know, obviously the big story, Patrick Mahomes dealing with that high ankle injury. I think he's we know he's going to play. I think he's going to play well. I think he's going to be limited some. That's going to affect his ability to, you know, stretch plays and some of the unscripted offense, which he's so good at. But I'll tell you, I've been so impressed, Rob, with what I've seen from Joe Burrow. I mean, and not just this yeah. year. I mean, he is a he is a real difference maker in that organization. You think about the fact that, you know, he's won five playoff games already. Uh, prior to his arrival, the Cincinnati Bengals, in their entire existence, won five playoff games. So I think it tells you a little bit about the the significance and the importance of Joe Burrow three years ago. Let's go back, Rich, a little bit to the Philly Niners game, because as you mentioned, we both grew up in Philly. We know what that fan base is like. They're rabid. There's, there's a different atmosphere. Brock Purdy is young. He's played seven games, only two road starts in Seattle and in Las Vegas. I feel 
if there's ever going to be a moment where he looks like a rookie, this could be it with that Philadelphia crowd, with the energy, with that defense, the way they get after the quarterback. Could you see him possibly where his inexperience shows up, Rich? Well, we've been waiting for that, right? I mean, you go back to, you know, eight weeks ago, he takes over for injured Jimmy Garoppolo in the Miami game. He just he just went out and played really well. And they said, all right, well, let's see what he does next week against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, David versus Goliath. What did he do? He go out and played excellent. Uh, you know, he got very soft to that early lead. Okay, well, let's see what he does in a division on the road against Seattle. Went up, played really well. So, I think every test, uh, he has answered the, answered the bell, and I just – I don't I don't expect this kid. The one thing about him, Rob, is he's he's got some moxie, but he's got a lot of poise. I think he, he's not he's not going to get rattled. This is a kid that played in 48 games at Iowa State. Uh, you know, he threw for 86 touchdowns, completed 68 percent of his passes. Although he doesn't have NFL experience, he's played in a lot of big games. And I think Brian Greasy's done an outstanding job with him, their quarterback coach, and obviously Kyle Shanahan. I, I think he understands what they're trying to accomplish. And he understands the why, which is so important as a quarterback. Like, why are we calling this play? What are we expecting in this situation? What are we expecting from a coverage from the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, if he makes a mistake early, I don't think he's going to panic. I think that I think the Eagles are going to have to play all of 60 minutes to knock off the 49ers. Rich, I look at the offensive line for Philadelphia, and San Francisco's got a great offensive line, but I don't know that I've seen a team as dominant on that O-line as the Eagles have been this year. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Jalen and the success he had and the skilled players that he has, but it's got to start over there with Kelsey, Lane Johnson, both all pros, but all five guys. They're all worthy Pro Bowl, all pro caliber type players. How much credit do you give that O-line for the success that this offense has had? Well, I give a lot of credit to Howie Roseman in terms of how he's built this this team, Rob. I mean, he's always believed in strong line play. You look at their offensive line, their defensive line, they're really good. I just think that, you know, you look at those two players in particular, Lane Johnson, you look at their one loss record when he's not in the lineup and, and he is a, he, he is a big key to, to what they do offensively. You know, you don't get a sniff in the passing game when you're lined up in front of them. And then he's so good in the running game. He is a road grader. He's great in the screen game. He can get downfield. He's extremely athletic. Uh, and he brings, he brings some real punch to what they want to do offensively. And then, then the guy that really directs, he's the air traffic controller is Jason Kelsey. And I just think that, uh, you know, I know a lot about what Jason does off the field. You know, the impact that he's made in the Philadelphia and really in the Delaware Valley. We see him down at in Seattle City, New Jersey in the summertime <laughs> uh, down there raising money for for his charities. And he's just an all-around great player and a great guy and really a, 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 an example of what, what NFL players really are all about. Great players, great leaders, uh, and, and, and people that understand the importance of of being difference makers in their community. That's going to be a great game. I'm excited. Looking forward to it. Actually going to go back up to the link to be there to cover that one. And then uh, uh, the the nightcap Bengals, Joe Burrow, 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes. You talked about the high ankle sprain. Did you ever experience anything like that? And I'm sure you had numerous injuries that you had to play through. Anything close to a high ankle sprain? Yeah, I've had some injuries. And look, a big part of my game, Rob, as you remember, was my, my mobility, my ability mm-hmm. to make plays, extend plays. And I think that's a big part of Patrick Mahomes. So a couple things to keep in mind. Mahomes, he spends a lot of his time anyway in the gun. About 82% of the snaps this year were from the gun. So he's got the third most snaps 
uh, from the shotgun. So, you know, you can see 95, maybe 100% of, of the snaps from the gun. That's going to help him a little bit, not having to work from under center. I think it's also going to limit Andy Reid's uh, desire to call quarterback movement plays, the boots, the nakeds, getting him outside the tackle. You're just not going to see that. Uh, the one thing that we, we know about Patrick Mahomes, he may be the toughest player. I didn't say quarterback. I said player in the NFL. Mentally and physically, he's as tough as they come. The ability to come back in the second half and play as well as he did uh, against Jacksonville, really on one leg. I think he practiced today. He went through the walkthrough. He's going to have a ton of treatment. He'll be out there. That that ankle will be well taped. But he will be limited some. And so much of what he does is is the unscripted plays, his ability to extend and create and manufacture offense and big throws with his legs. He's good for running for a couple first downs each week or a touchdown or two. So, you know, that that's going to, in my opinion, that's the part that's really going to be lacking the most. But we know this. Uh, he can be as effective as anybody uh, at throwing the ball accurately and in rhythm from the pocket. And that's really where he's going to have to make his hay on Sunday against that Bengals defense. Burrow and the Bengals being 3-0 against Mahomes and the Chiefs. Is that a psychological advantage for Cincinnati? Or do you think the revenge fact, triple, quadruple revenge, right, for the Chiefs? I'm sure they're tired of hearing about it. Uh, they're going to be home. They're going to have their fan base. They don't want to lose again at home two years in a row. And is, is, could that be an advantage the opposite way for the Chiefs being 0-3? I don't think so. I think both of these teams have a lot of playoff experience. I mean, Cincinnati obviously went to a Super Bowl last year. They're defending AFC champions. Uh, you know you know the Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's track record, right? So, Andy, this is his fifth AFC championship. He was part of five in, in Philadelphia. So, you know, the, the, I think once we get the kickoff, I think all that goes out the window. I, I will say this about Joe Burrow and the Bengals. You know, there's a couple players that are really just so unique. I mean, Joe Montana, for example, going to Kansas City at the end of his career. I remember talking to Mike McCarthy, who was the quarterback coach at the time. He said, when Joe walked in the building, we all felt like we had a chance to, to win a championship. Peyton Manning leaving Indianapolis and going to Denver. The moment he stepped onto that campus, uh, that facility in, in Denver, everybody, equipment, equipment managers, trainers, assistant coaches, players, they realized that greatness is here. I think when Joe Burrow was drafted three years ago, that first year, you know, it was kind of a, 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 a transitional year. He gets hurt. He comes back last year and really plays outstanding football. And I just think that the Bengals are a different team with Joe Burrow. I mean, I think it affects everybody. It affects Luana Ramo, the defensive coordinator. He can be a more aggressive. He's not worried about falling behind in, in a game. I think it affects what Brian Callahan does and and uh, and Zach Taylor when they call plays. I just think that they feel that they've got something special there, a quarterback that has that it factor. You know, he, he, Rob, he has so many of the qualities and the intangibles that you love at that position. But I think one of them is is confidence. And it's it's not arrogance, but it's his confidence. This guy, he he just marches to the beat of a different drummer. Going to Arrowhead, going up against that defense, going up against Patrick Mahomes. Trust me, Joe Burrow isn't going to blink. This is right, this is right up his alley. He is going to play well on Sunday. He might have the most swagger of any player this weekend. Nick Sirianni might have the most swagger of any of the coaches this weekend. Rich, let's talk a little bit about the NFL awards. And I love having you as a voter because you were an AP All-Pro. You were an AP NFL MVP. So it's kind of unique to have someone who experienced it 
now be on the other side voting. Without giving away your votes, I'm looking at your ballot right now. The finalists have been announced, and the five MVP finalists, those were your five guys. Which of the awards did you find the most challenging to narrow it down? Because we had to do three for all of the other awards and five for the MVP. You know, I think the toughest award for me every year is the coach of the year because there's so many really good candidates. Like, for example, I, I always said, like, you know, back when, we, when I first started participating in these awards, like Bill Belichick would go like 13 and three. And you say, well, he's not even a candidate. Why not? Well, he's got Tom Brady and they're just the Patriots. And they win the division every year and they go to the AFC championship game. And they've had they basically dominated the landscape of the AFC for two decades. Okay, well, we don't, we don't, we, he won't even be a qualifier on most people's ballots, right? I think we're always looking for someone who comes in and does an amazing turnaround in one year. I think you look at Brian Dable, what he is, what he did with a team that was really down and out in the New York Giants, and he did it with a quarterback they were, fix, they were fixing to get rid of, and you know, a running back and Saquon Barkley. They, they didn't pick up his fifth year option either. I just, I mean, I just look at the job that he did. That was impressive. Doug Peterson, I knew it was going to take some time, but I said prior to the start of the season, keep an eye on Jacksonville. They're going to finish really strong here in the second half of the season. I I think when you look at what Doug Peterson has done, not only as the head coach, but as the primary play caller, Rob, and not only that, but I think his in-game decision-making is outstanding. When you look at his, his his time management, situational football, third down, calls on fourth and one, whether to go for it, whether to kick. I mean, he's really on top of it. He's a guy that obviously played the quarterback position. I think he sees the game through the eyes of the quarterback. I think he did an outstanding job. You know, I think Kevin O'Connell, uh, you know, first-time head coach, first-time play caller. They just raced through the regular season. But then everyone said, well, they didn't, they didn't really, they didn't really beat anybody. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then Nick Sirianni, like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't even know, like, he's not going to make a lot of people's lists. Why not? Oh, he had the most talented roster in the NFL. So to me, I look at so many outstanding jobs that were done this year uh, by these coaches. I think it's so hard to narrow it down to just one. Thank goodness this year we were able to pick three. But uh, that one is always really hard for me, Rob. And the other thing, all of that is new, the new voting system, picking three there, picking five for MVP. And part of the reason why I liked five for MVP is because Rich has traditionally become even though we don't tell you who to vote for, most voters tend to go with the quarterbacks, most valuable player. It makes sense. But I thought by doing a top five, it allows for someone like Justin Jefferson to get to enough mentions, enough votes to be a finalist. It allows for other players, defensive side, non-quarterbacks. How much did you look at those players now that you have a top five? I did. And, you know, I always try to, although, you know, we're in a passing league, these quarterbacks every year they go out and we're getting quarterbacks throwing for 40 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. And, you know, I just, I'm, I'm so, I'm always so impressed. What I look for, Rob, at that award is consistency. It's not some guy that just played great in stretches, but a guy that through the, through the whole regular season. And I look at all 17 games, I'm looking for the most consistent players at, at any position, really. And it's always been tough for a defensive player to win that award. It seems like it's tough for a running back unless you run for like 2,000 yards to win that award. So uh, I think this year we, we had some really uh, good finalists. I think you look at Patrick Mahomes the season that he had. Jalen Hurts, there were some conversations like when he didn't play the Eagles struggled. Did that help his chances or did that hurt his chances? Uh, you know, Joe Burrow quietly after a really rocky start the first two weeks, he just – 
piled it on, you know, and I think he had an outstanding season. You mentioned Justin Jefferson. I mean, you know, I live in Minneapolis uh, during the season. I mean, he just, you know, he was averaging about a hundred yards a game there for a while. And, and they put up a lot of points. Their defense is what held them back in Minnesota, but a lot of great. I always struggle with, if you're the NFL MVP, for example, like if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're the NFL MVP. How are you not the best player offensively? I, that that one I've struggled with over the years. When I won the award, I thought to myself, I'm the best player in the league offensively. Why did I win both of them? But anyway, it is what it is. I think there's some great. Uh, I, I think there's some great awards, and I'm blessed to be a part of it, and I appreciate it. Well, Rich, it's been a lot of fun chatting with you about that. Really appreciate your time. Appreciate everything you put into the voting and uh, look, look forward to talking again. Have a great weekend. Enjoy these games, my friend. It'll be fun. Thanks, Rob. Welcome back to the AP Pro Football Podcast. Time for my pro picks for Championship Sunday. From an odd standpoint, These are the most evenly matched title games in 25 years. The Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the 49ers. The Bengals are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Chiefs. The last time both championship games were less than three-point spreads was 1998. That's as of now. Of course, those lines can move up until kickoff. Up first, the NFC game, Niners-Eagles. Two tough physical teams The top two defenses in the NFL, two strong rushing attacks, but also plenty of playmakers on both sides. So it's old school football with a modern twist. The Niners have won 12 in a row. Brock Purdy is 7-0. The rookie last pick in the draft has only two career starts on a road at Seattle, at Las Vegas. Philly's different. I used to sit in a 700 level end zone at the vet. I covered nearly every home game in Philly for 22 years. The Eagles have a big-time home field advantage. Jalen Hurts is on a mission. Eagles, 24-23. In the AFC game, Patrick Mahomes' high ankle sprain is the major question mark in this rematch. Joe Burrow and the Bengals beat the Chiefs in the championship game on the road last year. Burrow is 3-0 against Mahomes. That's well-documented. Patrick is banged up. We know that. He may not be able to do all the superhuman things he normally does, but he'll get the ball to Travis Kelsey just enough to pull it off. Chiefs, 30-27. For more insight on the games, check out ProPix on APNews.com. Time for some final thoughts. The AP NFL Awards and the announcement of the finalists, which I ran down for you at the top of the podcast. Well, they raised plenty of debate. It's an opportunity to share opinions. And for fans, it's an opportunity to rant and rave that your guy, your coach, whoever it may be, was snubbed. Sadly, some folks are over the top in expressing their displeasure, but that's on them. I believe it's a much happier world when we choose joy. No matter who wins or loses, no matter who is a finalist for any award, No matter what, it's still just sports. That's it for this week. Thank you to Rich Gannon, and thank you for listening. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. Also, check out my colleague, Ralph Russo, and his AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. Till next week, I'm Rob Motti, reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing.